Welcome to episode 6 of Orion's Wilderness Thoughts. This is my podcast where I cover all things outdoors. In this episode, I once again am speaking with my friend Jason, and we discuss the last two weeks of hunting. Topics include deer hunting in Pennsylvania, deer hunting in North Carolina, his last two weeks of hunting, my last two weeks of hunting, and some future plans, and just general talk about hunting. Hope you enjoy the podcast as much as I enjoyed recording it. It's probably plugging out on you. Yeah. It's so slow. Whatever. Dude, our internet sucks too anyway, so it's just... I really... Dude, ours has been going in and out here ridiculous. Like, uh, I had it drop the other day while doing college, and I was like, oh, <laughs> hope it's not during my test. But Yeah. No, it's, it, it gets pretty bad, like, to the point where I'll have to, like, hotspot off my phone. My wife and I'll have to hotspot off of our phones for, like, the TV to work. <laughs> like for, and it works better for us to do that than it does, like, our the internet that's running to the house. It's crazy. That's ridiculous. It's <laughs> yeah. obvious. So. That's gross, man. Ours isn't bad until, like, it is. I know that sounds stupid, but it'll be like flawless, and then like everything will just drop. Like, yeah, yeah. One of those okay. like it works, but when it messes up, it's not just like a little mess up. It's like a full on like meltdown catastrophe. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, well, whatever, man. It is what it is. But how are your? Uh, I guess I can tell you my hunts first this time, I suppose. So, deer, so in Pennsylvania, deer season doesn't open when archery season opens. You know what I'm saying? Like, deer season opens to the average Pennsylvanian. It used to be the Monday after Thanksgiving. That was like, buck season is opening. Like, oh, you archery hunt? Nobody cares. Like, the the orange army's coming out. And we're going rifle hunting for bucks. So last year they moved it. Um, normally it was that Monday after Thanksgiving. Yep. Which is fantastic if you're unemployed or you're retired. You know what I mean? Like you have the and they're like, oh well, um, a lot of schools gave off for Mondays because teachers would all just call out sick or whatever. So yeah, it was like a state holiday kind of for the opening day of deer season so people would get off of work but historically for me it was horrible because it's like okay burn and leave or whatever but uh last year they moved it to open on saturday closed on sunday start back up on monday and then the majority of the state the first week is buck only there's a couple of not counties but there's a couple of wildlife management areas where mm-hmm. it's um, where it's doe and buck, but the majority of the states buck only, right? And then Pennsylvania has two different antler restrictions. So my side of the state, it's only a really small part of the western part of the state has three up. So you have to have three points on one brow sign or on one uh, one main beam, and the brow time doesn't count. On my section of Pennsylvania, it just has to have three points on an antler, right? So yeah. um, I'm not 100% sure if it's on both or just one, 
it used to be both, but I think now it might just be one. Uh, but I'm really not shooting unless it's got six points just for safety, right? This year they let us hunt the first. This was the first Sunday that we could hunt, but nice. it was only it was only the one Sunday. It wasn't any succeeding Sundays, right? So it's a start. So this year Pennsylvania, not to get off track, but this year Pennsylvania gave three Sundays to hunting. And the thing is, is it's kind of weird. Um, it's species specific. So just because the Sunday was open for hunting doesn't mean you could go out and do like squirrels and rabbits or go duck hunting. So they did an archery Saturday or Sunday for deer. So on that, I don't know what date it was. It doesn't matter. But that Sunday, you could only archery hunt for deer. They did a Sunday rifle for bear. So you could only hunt for bear on that Sunday. And then they did this Sunday for bucks. So then what happens is you have this week. You've got from Saturday till Friday where it's buck only, right? No does. Can't shoot them. And then from then you have another week where it's um, doe. So then doe opens up for a week. So it goes Saturday to Friday, buck only. Then it goes Saturday to Saturday, buck and doe. That's the entire rifle season. So without two so when weeks, not even man. So it was. It's it's two calendar yeah. weeks, but you don't have you don't have the Sunday, so um, that, that's what you had. So it was historically so last year it was twelve days, but normally you had one last day too. So you only have that little bit of time, right? So everyone comes out like I haven't hunted Pennsylvania public land for deer, but. I Imagine it's just a nightmare, dude. Like, yeah, with only two weeks or yeah. less than two weeks. Yeah, I mean Pennsylvania's got. I think I'm probably wrong on this, but I think they have over a million acres of public land. Like, there's a ton of public land in Pennsylvania, and so which is awesome. But like, they'll range from. I think the smallest I've seen is like 30 acres, like a 30 acre chunk of land for public. Mm-hmm. And then near me, not me and where I am up in Pennsylvania, but me down here in Maryland, I think it's a two-hour drive. We have an 85,000-acre block of state forest that's huntable. That's the biggest one I know of. But So there's this huge range. Anyway, so we have that limited time frame. I imagine it's a nightmare public hunting, but my deer hunting in Pennsylvania is on the same 30. If you add the two properties together, it's roughly 87 acres. And that's yeah. where I've killed all four. I think I've only killed four deer in Pennsylvania, I think. Yeah. Yeah, four deer in Pennsylvania. But anyway, so I went out on Saturday for the opener and got completely skunked. Right. So what happened was that um, it was warm. I'm sure. And then what also happened was we used to have this massive Christmas tree farm to the left or right doesn't help. But the adjacent property to us to the north, I think, Uh was a 
was a Christmas tree farm, right? So this Christmas tree farm had a ton of grass that was maintained, and it had a ton of Christmas trees of varying sizes, right? So it was just acres and acres and acres of Christmas trees. And that was basically like the deer farm as well. Like the, the deer would just go in there and eat grass, like tons of grass. And they were just, there was just, cover and protection everywhere because yeah. there were all these Christmas trees there. Yeah. Yeah. They, they didn't. So we had these travel corridors that we always knew about. Well, this year it got, uh, the owner died. I think he died this year or the year before. doesn't matter. Someone bought the property and they mowed it all down, man. They took, oh, they took, uh, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So they, they took bulldozers and they bulldozed the thing. Right. I don't think he personally did it. I'm pretty sure he paid someone. And turned it into an ag field. So this year it was all corn, right? So you're like, mm, okay, all right. Yeah. So, so, but the thing is, is that corn, which is great, doesn't provide the same level of security and food as that grass. Yeah, because that Christmas tree is, yeah. So that Christmas tree farm was 24 days or, you know, 24 hours a day all year long. There was always grass there right now there's corn there only when there's corn there you know what i mean and so now where their travel patterns might have been they used to have all this field that they could safely travel through yeah well now during the day they're fishing a barrel like you can see them for like a mile walking so i think they've really changed their patterns but so opening day i was sitting in my stand and i think it was about we left at like 9 30 because we weren't really getting any move deer movement so i want to say it was like eight o'clock so i think i was hunting for about an hour of legal light mm-hmm. when i when i noticed a this flash of white right it was a deer tail so i saw this deer tail moving it was the only reason i saw it man like i was paying attention but between it being kind of overcast and everything so i saw this deer tail and i was like i don't even know what it is man like i had to get on my scope to see if it was a buck or a doe right yeah Yeah. so i want to say man it was like a yearling it was probably a year and a half deer and it was a tiny little fork man like so with my with my license type so i get a i get a military license right so i can legally shoot anything with three inches or more of antler But, I, nah, yeah, I, I'm not yeah. doing it, man. I'd have to be pretty hungry, right? And, uh, and I, I really didn't want to go through the trouble of cleaning this scrawny little fork buck, right? Yeah. So, and the thing is, too, is that, man, it was the first day. And back in October, I think I told you this last time, but back in October, I saw this massive buck come out of the woods five minutes till shooting light ended. But it was doe only, so I couldn't I couldn't shoot it legally, right? I would have had to poached it, which you know I wouldn't do that. So yeah. Um, so I was like, well, I'm not shooting this thing. I know there's better deer here, and there was a ton of deer sign everywhere. So and the thing is, man, even if I wanted to shoot it, if I had I hesitated long enough, where if I was like, I'm gonna shoot this thing, it was gone. Like it was there. A minute later, it was gone. Just disappeared, yeah. right? And then later that day, I saw a monster doe. Like she was an old, old girl. And even if doe, so doe season wasn't open, but even if doe season was open, man, I couldn't have shot that deer was in and out. Like she wasn't running, 
just taking her time walking. But from the time I noticed her until the time I would have been able to find her, she was gone. And then that was the only deer I saw that day. So then I called it quits for the the morning hunt. And then I went back out in the evening. And so what I what I did was, granted, it was about two and a half months apart. But I went back to where I saw that big buck in October. So I was mm-hmm. like, well, the rut in Pennsylvania should be over. And the rut hadn't begun when I saw him. So I was like, eh, I'll give it a try. So what it is is it's – the way it looks is we've got a box stand and some – in a big field i don't know what the acreage is but it was all it's all uh this year there were no crops planted in it was just a hay field so it's just grass so with the stand if i'm looking at the stand it's all bedding area and heavy cover to the left coming down a hill right in front of the stand is an old apple orchard which had deer sign in it and then to the left is a heavy like swampy kind of area where they tend to bed down okay so it was out so I was out there, man, and then uh, about an eh, about I saw zero. I until about forty-five minutes, twenty minutes till the end of shooting light, I saw no squirrels, I saw no rabbits, I saw no deer, I saw nothing. So for like three hours, I was just staring into the, the void, hoping something would yeah. walk out. And then, like they do, being ninjas, I looked down at my phone, looked up, and then deer just started piling out of the woods. So I think I sent you a photo, but that that's when, like, there were definitely some yearlings, like some fawns from this year. I want to say, like, three fawns from this year. And yeah. then two or three mature doe came out, which I still – I was a week away from being able to shoot doe. So I was like, uh, well, I can't shoot them, but maybe the big guy will come down. Maybe one of these young does is in, like, estrus, or yeah. maybe – it's going to come down because there's a bunch of eyes down here. It's safe. He's hungry. He's got to refeed after the, the rut. No. Yeah. So nothing happened at all. And then I was doing my best. They moved, they moved like 75 yards. I think they went from being about like a hundred and a hundred yards away from my stand to being like 40. I didn't have a range finder, but I think they were within like bow range, maybe yeah. 40, 50 yards. And then I was like, well, I don't want to spook these dudes too bad. You know what I mean? Because I don't want to bust their pattern up. And so I tried to sneak out of my, my stand. Nah, dude, those dudes busted me so fast when I got out of that stand that they all snorted wow. and ran up. So I was like, uh. I mean, it didn't matter. It was night. You know what I mean? It was, the yeah. end of, it was the end of legal light. But I was like, what I didn't want to happen, and I, I don't know if it happened or not, is I didn't want to spook them. And then they spooked that buck the big one and then he got all leery and concerned it didn't i don't know maybe it happened maybe it didn't you know what i mean yeah so then the next day i went back up to my stand that i hunted in the morning because i was uh i was like whatever because the bottom our bottom stand doesn't do well in the mornings historically it's usually an evening stand when they come out to feed it seems to be they're there way before you are in the mornings so the next day i went out and I got in my stand and hunted until I think about 10 o'clock in the morning. And the only deer I saw was 10 minutes before shooting light. And it was like, I want to say it was like a half year old. It was like, it had to be from this year's crop. 
it was a real small young doe and that was it man yeah. so then the rest of the day i didn't see any squirrels i saw nothing yeah i didn't even see turkeys i saw nothing man so it was just me for like three hours looking for deer and not a thing that so the weekend was kind of lackluster man so because the two years prior i shot two deer on the opening day for each within 30 minutes of legal light you know what i mean so i was like okay i'll just i'll just come out here and i'll just shoot a deer real early in the morning skin out get it get it butchered and i'll go duck hunting that night (laughs) but it wasn't the case so (laughs) so then we drove we drove back to maryland went back up the following week so i worked out in the morning on last friday whatever december 5th maybe i don't know so uh, it doesn't matter so i worked out we got in the car drove to pennsylvania and it was like super overcast kind of drizzly and i was like "Mm, we'll see what happens right like my dad's like hey it'll probably be a good day i was like yeah probably it's it's finally kind of cool it's overcast but the problem was as overcast it was i knew i'd lose light sooner so i went to the same I went to that same stand that I saw the two deer in on opening day. And my thought process on it was, well, it might rain. It's drizzling. And it did have some hard rain while I was in there. It's like, they're probably not going to go to the open fields. They're going to go to the, the more wooded areas to stay out of the rain, right? Yeah. So I hung out in that stand until not legal light, but probably ethical light. Like, I couldn't see. I, I could. Like, if, if a deer would have walked within, like, 40 yeah. yards, I would have been okay. Yeah, yeah. But it's rifle season, so why limit myself to bow ranges? So I saw nothing, man, except for a flock of turkeys. And I, that's when I texted you, and I was like, hey, man, I just got turkeys walked by. And it was all toms, that, yeah. man. It was ridiculous. It was the first turkeys I saw all year, and it was just this, like, bachelor parade. Of like, of like twenty bearded toms, man. They just walked on by, and I was like, "All right, cool." As a side question, does Pennsylvania have a fall and a spring turkey season, or is it just a spring turkey season? Yeah, so we got both. So Ah. we have, so, so we have a fall and so spring turkey is bearded only, right? And the rules are kind of weird. So, like, for the first half of spring turkey season, you can't hunt past noon. Okay. You just, you just can't. I don't, I don't know. It's okay. either, so, and I could be wrong on that. It's one of the splits. It's either the first half of turkey season you can't hunt past noon or it's the second half. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm probably got mixed up. It might be the second half because they figure they've been bred at that point and they're, like, tending to their eggs i don't know because you're hunting toms right but regardless you can't right so you also what you also can't do and i know like a lot of southern turkey hunters would like lose their mind you can't walk around for them so for pennsylvania spring turkey you plop down where you want to sit and that's where you hunt so you can't do the like gobble listen and stalk yeah get get a shot gobble yeah or like what a lot of people will do is like they'll just walk around like my buddies in tennessee they'll walk 
make a couple clucks, make a couple clucks, and they'll get a gobble, and then they'll start going off that sound. And then when they think they're in the area, they'll sit down and go like that. So you have to yeah. deer hunt turkeys in Pennsylvania. You got to be like, this is where I'm gonna do. This is where I'm gonna turkey hunt. Put your decoy out or however you do it, and that's where you're hunting from. You can't legally, like I put it in quotes, because I don't know how you can be like, what if I don't want to hunt here anymore? Can I not yeah. get up after two hours? I don't know how it works. I haven't talked to a game warden about it or like anyone like that. But you can't like sit down, cluck, cluck, cluck. Oh, that sounds like it's 500 meters away and then walk to it kind of thing. Okay. So yeah. that's spring. And then the turkey season in the fall is bearded and hens. You can shoot any any turkey. If your wildlife management area has a fall turkey season so the whole state doesn't mm. have a fall turkey season so there's a couple that don't and i want to yeah. say it's because the numbers are low so i'm a, actually a fan i think the pennsylvania game commission does a lot of good work and they break things down um but if you do then you can get a hen or a, a tom and you can walk around so you don't have to turkey hunt them like you do in the in the spring so you okay. could be in a you could you could legally be in a pheasant field, flush a turkey and shoot it on the flush. Nice. Just like I'm ninety five percent sure I read it right that you can have a dog point a fall turkey, shoot a fall turkey off a point, like off a flush. Yeah. And then this year was the first year that you could buy a second turkey tag. So if you're a big turkey hunter, that's great. Um, yeah. I'm not 100% sure if one has to be used in the spring, one has to be used in the fall, or if you can do two fall, two spring. I'm not a turkey hunter, so I'm not 100% sure. Like, I don't, I'm, if I'm going to get a turkey, man, it's going to be because I was small game hunting and I, I ran across one. So, <laughs> by, by yeah. the time, so in Pennsylvania, I, I'm pretty sure it's like May is when our turkey season starts. Yeah, I think it's May. I think it's like early May or the end of January or end of April. And trout season's open. I'm out fishing. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. and then then we have two splits for the fall season. So we have like it's like a ten day or a fourteen day fall turkey season mm -hmm. where it's just with normal small game. <clears throat> then. It, then it closes down and then the day then thanksgiving and the day after and maybe the day before thanksgiving there's like a three-day fall turkey season for thanksgiving yeah so wow. yeah yeah it's kind of weird yeah so. we have one down here it's in the spring and it's uh like a week of youth it goes from like march to april there's a week of youth, and then there's three, almost four weeks of, like, anybody else, obviously, your regular turkey season. Um, but obviously, I hunt a lot, all, like, public land and then on post down here. So, public, a lot of the public land ones are permit only, so you have to put in for a drawing to be able to get the ability to hunt turkeys on those lands. Yeah. And on post is the same with the daytime restrictions that you can't hunt them 
I want to say it's the same like 13 or 1400. Like you're not allowed to hunt them after that. And they, and I'm like, well, why? And they're like, well, they're already roosting. And I'm like, you know, how many turkey I've passed like yeah. on the side yeah. of the road eating on whatever at like five, six o'clock at night? Like that yeah, it yeah, doesn't yeah. make any sense. You don't, you don't know. And this is the guys on Fort Bragg and I don't want to talk a lot of smack about these dudes, but like you don't know why. You just came up with some reason on the fly and didn't you know just tell me i don't know that's fine yeah but yeah yeah like because... i don't understand it and i would love to know why i probably should look into it a little bit more but like i don't understand yeah. why i can't but pennsylvania i think i've heard of ohio is the same way where you can't hunt them past like really early afternoon so it's kind of weird i just don't know yeah. why and it's weird too because if I, re- I remember reading once it was like that they might be like tending to their young and i'm like I don't think that male birds tend to the young, like not turkeys, like birds of prey. Sure. But I don't think like turkeys do that. Now I don't know. Like I haven't researched turkeys, so I'm probably wrong, but the same thing is like the roosting thing. Like these, these birds walked by me at, um, 10 minutes till sunset. So it was 40 yeah. minutes till the end of like me. Yeah. They were probably going to their roost. They were, that's probably where they were headed. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. they weren't there yet. So I don't know. But uh, so I was chilling in that stand and I couldn't see anymore. And so I had like this internal dialogue with myself and I was like, well, there's two fields. So there's a field behind me where there's mm-hmm. often deer. And I was like, well, I could walk to that field and I'll just sit on a tree. So I'm not like silhouetted. And I got thirty more. Le- I got thirty more minutes of legal light. Maybe I'll do that. And, nice. and then another part of me was like, "Well, we've been looking towards that field for the last three hours, and you haven't seen a damn thing." <laughs> now, granted, it's just like little slots between the tree. But I was like, "And you haven't seen anything there." So I was like, "Well, why don't we just walk out to the other field?" You know what I mean? Like always go for the thing you don't know. Like kind of like Pavlov's deer. Yeah. So, or Schrodinger's deer, right? Like, there's always a deer in the next field, right? And yeah. so I was like, well, I'll do that. So I started, and the good thing was it had rained the day before because the entire the trail that walk goes back there was just completely riddled with oak leaves. And so I was like, slowly making my way, right, mm-hmm. with my with my red backpack on, and I was like, okay. So I'm I'm making my way down there and to preface this. So the deer rifle I have is I bought because I was like, oh, I'm going to get into long range shooting. I'm going to do all this shooting competition stuff. And then I looked into like how much it costs and all the the effort you have to put into it. And I was like, I'm entirely too lazy and too cheap to do like long range shooting. Is it pretty expensive? No, no, not necessarily. So it's, so it's, uh, it's a Remington 700 like Mm -hmm. SPS. Like it's threaded for silencer and all. I, I didn't buy it because it had the silencer, right? But um, yeah, that is the but, same thing. Remington seven hundred with tactical version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like a short twenty inch barrel and like, which is cool. It's whatever. Like it's a freaking tack driver, but it's got like a bull barrel. It's a heavy ass gun, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I bought a scope to match because I bought the scope when I was like, I'm gonna do all this stuff. So I have like, uh, I have a. I have a Vortex Viper something. It's like the highest highest end Viper. I didn't buy like the Razor or anything because I didn't yeah. have $3,000 stuff on a scope. But I actually 
not to go off on a crazy story, but I actually got an upgrade on that scope for free from Vortex. So I ordered through their their military program. Yep. And they're like, hey, this thing's back ordered like eight weeks. And I said, oh, it's cool. It was like May when I ordered this thing, right? Yeah. I was like, oh, it's no big deal. I'll use it as a, a deer rifle too. So it's not a big deal. It's May. Yeah. And then I'm sitting there and I'm like, dude, it's like August. You know what I mean? It's been like four months. Uh, and I, so I called him up and I was like, hey, I know it was backlogged. I'm not complaining because I, I went into this purchase knowing it would take a while. But it's been double the lead time. So like, oh, yeah, we don't have that one. But what if I give you this? And I don't remember the different models because it was like four years ago. And I was like, well, what's the difference? I don't want to get a cheaper scope. He's like, no, nah, dude, this scope's like $400 more. And I was like, sold. So, yep. I, Send it. so I got a little I got a little dial so my reticles light up with a battery. Okay. So I can get, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Which actually came in handy on the later in the story. But so that happens. And then I got the turret caps so I can make my my windage and elevation changes without yeah. completely changing it. I can go back to zero. So whatever. Anyway, the rifle is like 11 fucking pounds. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's freaking Super. heavy, right? Yeah, yeah. but it's heavy too. Yep. Yeah. So I walk out to the edge of this field and I'm like, man, there ain't nothing here. This sucks. And then I was like, wait a second. And I looked and like 45 degrees to my left, I was like, that's something. And so I pulled my scope up because I don't have a pair of binoculars with me because I'm an idiot, right? And so I pulled my <laughs> scope up and I was like, oh, that's a doe. Cool. I can't shoot you. So I put my rifle down and I look over and then I scan over and look to the left at like 20 degrees. And I was like, oh, that's a doe. Cool. I can't shoot you. I've been standing here like an idiot for like three minutes staring at this like 100 by 200 field because the the light's dropping, man. Like It's like 15, 20 minutes further into darkness than it should be because of the overcast. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, there's a doe there, and there's a doe there. And I'm like literally going through this like a child like in my head, right? And I'm like, <laughs> so I wonder if there's another deer over to my right. And I look over, and I'm like, that's a deer. And then I went, that's the buck, right? I was like, that's not the little fork buck. And I went, oh. That's a nice buck. Right? Yeah. So then I'm sitting there and I'm like, well, he's staring at me. Like the deer's staring at me. You know what I mean? And so I'm like, well, is He it saw a nice your red buck? backpack. Yeah, dude. He saw my red backpack. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, <laughs> okay. And I'm like on crunch time because the light is dropping. Like I still had like 15 minutes of legal light per the timetables and everything. Yeah. But realistically, I had like seven minutes left. You know what I mean? Like, it was getting harder. So, all of this happened, like, within real time. Like, I'm not making any of this shit up. But, so I sit there and I'm like, well, is that a nice deer or not? Like, because he's standing sideways. So, all I can see is kind of his antlers. And so, I pull my rifle up and I look at him. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's a good buck. And I was like, where's his body? Because I was on the on the hill and he was slightly below me right mm, and then there's okay. grass and then there's grass growing in the field it's not tall but it's like two feet tall <clears throat> well he's sunk and so he's like that and so i'm like huh how am i gonna shoot this dude so i look at him and i was like 
well, I'll just take a standing shot, right? And then I was like, no, that's stupid. Don't do that, right? And so then <laughs> I was like, okay, well, I can't really see my reticle because it's dark. And I got a 50. I got a 50 on mine, a 50 yeah. or whatever. So yeah. like it brings up a ton of light, right? And so I was like, oh, I got this nifty laser. It's not really a laser, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I got this nifty light at reticle. So I turn yeah. it on, and I pull my rifle back up. This deer's looking at me. I don't know how it doesn't bust me, right? And so I pull my rifle back up. I'm like, whoa, that's way too bright. So I bring my rifle back down, and I put it on a lower setting, right? And yeah. then I, I look at it at the ground. I was like, okay, that's good. And I was like, hmm, well, how am I going to shoot this thing? I can't see its body right now. So I pull my rifle up again. Like, I pull my rifle up like eight times. It's comical. And I was like, I'll shoot him in the neck. And I was like, holding my gun there, and I'm like kind of shaky because I got buck fever and I have a freaking 12-pound rifle. Yeah. And I was like, man, I can't make a 100-yard standing neck shot. Right? So then I put my rifle down, and I, I kneel down. I get on one knee. Like, I go to, you know, standard shooting table kneeling position. And I was like, well, I'll just shoot him in the body kneeling. So I pull my rifle up again. This deer's looking at me the whole time, right? And I'm like, I can't see his body. Because when I knelt, when I knelt down, the curvature of the ground obfuscated his body. Yeah. And I was like, all right, well, this sucks. So then I was like, oh, I'll get into the prone, right? Which I didn't. I didn't go prone. But Thank I was like, I'll go, I'll, go, I'll go prone and I'll shoot him <laughs> in the neck. Right, because like a neck shot's a good shot, right? Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'll shoot him in the neck. And then I was like, yeah, but your mom wants a full sh- a shoulder mount of a deer. If you shoot it in the neck, you're not going to be able to take this thing home, right? So like this trophyism in my head of like my mom wants this deer mounted on the wall <laughs> happened. And I was like, well, I can't, I can't neck shot it. You can't, you can't fix that. So then I was like. Uh, all right. So then I stood up and I was like, I'm just going to take a standing shot. And I was like, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't take a standing shot at a hundred meters. And I did. Right. Obviously. And so I, I took this standing shot at a hundred and I freaking jerked the trigger. And of course it's a heavy rifle. So I'm like somewhat shaky. And then when I shot it, it's a 308. So it, obviously it went up. Right. And then all I saw was this deer take off, run. And I was like, hmm, that dude didn't jump. That dude didn't do the cat back. He didn't drop to the ground. He did absolutely nothing. And then other than run away. And I was like, (laughs) there's, and I was sitting there and I was like, no, I hit him. I know I hit him. Right. And so then I walk over to where he was, and I don't have a headlamp on me because I couldn't find my headlamp, right? So I have my phone out with the flashlight, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, uh, where's the blood, right? And this, and then so I'm looking for the blood, and I see hoof prints because of where he dug in and ran off. And so I was like, okay, well, he, he bolted away, so... Let's keep looking. So then yeah. I kept I kept looking for it, and I saw no hair. I saw no blood. And I was like, well, that was only like 30 feet. So maybe he just moved so fast that the blood will be further on the trail. So that's when I 
I was like, well, this is where he went. And it was pretty narrow. It was like five foot wide, the trail. And so I start looking on like every tree, man. I was like, there's no blood. And then I start looking on the brambles because there's brambles that he had to cross over. And I was like, there's no blood. And so finally I get to the furthest point of where I was willing to search. And I was like, and it was a fallen tree that was like, he would have had to jump over it or go around it, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, there's no blood. This would have rubbed on his belly. There should be blood. And that's when I walked over it and I heard something move. And I was like, oh, that deer was just like, what's that noise? And ran away. So that's when I walked back up to the edge of the field and replayed it like 10,000 times in my head. And that's when I texted you. I was like, yo, I'm the worst hunter on earth. I just missed yeah. a deer. And uh, so I went back and I kept looking. And then I was like, there's no blood. There's no hair. I missed this deer. That's when I text you. I text two of my other buddies who I'm in a group chat with. I text my friend. I text like everybody I knew that hunted. And I was like, I suck at life. I don't deserve to hunt, right? Yeah. And then I I did the Eeyore shuffle back to the truck, thinking about how I missed this deer at 100 meters when when I zeroed it, it was like an eighth of an inch high from the target. So it was like dead on. Yeah. So that's when I went home, and I was like, I screwed up. I missed a deer, but it had to have been. So this is when like the, the stages of like grief went into play like i went into denial i was like well i didn't hit it so who cares like i made a bad shot shouldn't have done that but there was no blood so obviously i didn't hurt the deer right yeah and so i'm sitting there and that's when i text you and i was like i think i might go look for this thing in the morning right yeah and i was like i just i i, I deserve to give the deer this shot of i'll go check in the morning because what if i hit him and so that's when I did the uh, the Google search of, like, hit a deer, no blood. And for 15 minutes, I'm going through, like, every forum I can to, like, <laughs> just confirmation bias of, like, I hit this deer. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm like, man, you know when you get that gut feeling, and you're like, something's not right? So I got that, and I was like, I think I'm going to look for this deer. And my dad was like, well, if you think you hit it, we need to go look for it. So went and got headlamps and flashlights and went back out there and started looking for it. And the only reason we found this freaking thing is because we found deer in the past. Like, I don't think, I don't think if it was like my first year hunting mm-hmm. and my first year I ever shot, I don't think I would have found the deer because wow. I was every deer I've ever tracked. There was <clears throat> some blood right and every deer i've ever shot besides one i've had to track and i haven't killed a i haven't killed a ton of deer i think i'm at like 15 in like five years something mm-hmm. something like that right so i've had to track all those deer so you get used to kind of their pattern of like what they want to do yeah and taking that they always take not always but generally they always take that path of least resistance and so that's what we ended up doing was going down the smoothest part of the trail and looking and looking and then going over and looking and then that's when my dad actually noticed the deer 
And so what nice. was weird was the deer was facing uphill. So I think when I heard that noise, when I thought that the deer had got up and ran, or like I think I actually heard the deer collapse. So wow. that's what I'm thinking it was. So I'm, I'm, what I'm thinking it was was maybe that deer was wounded, didn't know it, heard me, turned around to see what was coming towards it, and just fell over dead. Because there was no, there was no blood pooled up where the deer was. There was no, there was no blood at all. Like period. So, so where did you end up hitting this? Because that, like, just thinking about it, a three hundred eight at a hundred yards, and a, and a deer. That's like, that's this significant kinetic energy cavitation, yeah. like wound pattern tracked like what what do you think happened like I, that just blows my mind so i'm using so i'm using 150 grain uh fusions is the round i don't i'm not sure what company makes the fusion but it's the fusion round and what i think so i'll tell you where i hit it but what i think happened was i think it's moving so fast that when it hits like the body and not like a major section of bone, I don't think that the bullet mushroomed. Like I don't think it expanded. I think it, okay. I think it acted as almost like, I think I would have had the same result if I shot a full metal jacket. I think I just got straight penetration through. Okay. So where I ended up hitting it was, it was a surprisingly good shot for as bad as I thought it was. Like I'm a I'm a decent shot. Like I'm a good rifle shot, right? Mm-hmm. Like not to toot my own horn, but I'm a I'm a good rifle shot. And so what ended up happening was elevation wise was almost perfect. Like if I was going for a double long shot, it would have been maybe an inch low from where I would like to do it with like an archery shot. Mm-hmm. And then heart wise um i was about three or four inches away from the heart to the right so and i had a court the deer was quartering to me which i don't i don't find that as a shot with a rifle so what ended up happening was it definitely hit the body cavity and it came in up front about four inches three to four inches from the heart at a good elevation wise like if i would have been four inches three to four inches to the left i think i would have just dropped that deer dead in its tracks i think i would have hit the heart it would have fell over dead yeah but i was over a little bit so where i think i hit him was i don't think i double lunged him because of the quartering away and the exit but i definitely hit one lung for sure Mm -hmm. and then liver so he got hit in the lung, the liver, and then unfortunately it went out and it hit his stomach on the way out. So the way out, it didn't go out the hammer or anything. It went out kind of like uh, where the rib and the, the stomach are. So where the yep. rib and the spine separate, it went out there. So it was a good hit. So I, got, I definitely got lung, I got liver, and I got his stomach. So like the deer was, I mean, obviously it was dead. I took it home. But yeah, the deer died probably fairly quickly with the 308 going through one lung in the liver. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's just all the I don't know if it closed up on the inside or what, because when I gutted him, there was blood like he bled out like it was just blood everywhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it sounds like it just 
it sounds like you hit him high enough to where the po- the blood just pooled down yeah. into the mm-hmm. lower mm-hmm. part of his chest and his belly while he's standing, and he just it did. That's yeah, that makes sense to not get a track from that. Yeah, and as opposed to like my the last year few deer that I've shot, especially archery, where you're up in a tree stand. So I was standing level with him. And even in those box stands I was talking about, you're only above like the deer's back. We're only off the ground like four feet, if that. You know what I mean? They're just yeah. off the ground. They're not up high. As opposed to with like a tree stand where a rifle or archery, you're shooting down. And mm-hmm. so you're going to have a whole, an exit wound that's not parallel with the ground, but it's pretty close. So you have that drainage hole. In order, yeah. like, that deer would have needed probably, like, three deer's worth of blood to actually drip out of the body cavity. Yeah. So all of it just went into its diaphragm and into the body cavity, and that's why we had zero blood. But crazy. Um, yeah, it was, man, because if I would have, I think if I wasn't as confident in my shot that that deer would be rotting in the woods right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, it was... I think me doing my due diligence and being like, I don't think I missed that deer. Like, talking over with, like, my dad when we got there, like, it was only, like, a 100 to a 90-yard shot, stand, like, standing, right? Yeah. And I have I have a sub-minute of angle gun, and I, I'm not bragging, but, like, I can hit a target with a pistol at that distance. Yeah, so been doing it. Well, how, yeah, so how would I miss... Even with buck fever, how would I completely miss a full-grown... I'd say he was probably a two-and-a-half. I'm horrible at aging deer. He wasn't a mature deer, but he was probably like two-and-a-half, three-and-a-half-year deer. So you figure even if you throw a shot on a deer five inches to the right or five inches up or down, you're still hitting them in the vitals. Yeah. With a high-velocity, high-power rifle, like... I have yeah, to almost... Is- yeah, at that distance, you're not entirely missing when you're aiming for you know a good vital shot. Yeah. So luckily, I was like confident enough in myself where I doubted the miss. Because if, like I said, if I was a new hunter, and we've all been new hunters, but if I was a new hunter, or I had a lot of self doubt in my own ability, that deer. Well, one, I honestly probably wouldn't have taken the shot, which I should—I don't think I should have taken that shot. Like, it was a good, clean shot, but I don't think standing's the way to go. Um, but without the track, without my tracking experience and without my hunting experience, that deer would probably be rotting in the woods. And I might have found it maybe in the spring when I was out, like, turkey hunting or something. Yeah. So, but I mean, we got it all butchered up, man. The drag was a pain in the ass because it was uphill, and it was like legit uphill because it's a, it's I'm near the Appalachians in Pennsylvania, so it's all haulers, right? It's it's all up and down, and then it's just brambles and fallen trees. So my dad and I drug it as best you could, and it was it had rained, so like their ground was wet. So you're slipping yeah. like every other step, and you're trying to pull this deer up by the antlers and so it ended up being actually easier for once i got to where i thought it was safe it was easier just to get it on my back like i gutted it out to drop like whatever the blood weight is the stomach contents the lungs like the liver and all that you figure maybe like 15 pounds still 15 pounds or whatever it is to to drag 
It was easier just to get it on my shoulders, man. To just fireman's carry it out of the woods to the next hundred and twenty yards or so, and then get the truck. Yeah. So, I mean, all's well that ends well, but dude, I was freaking bugging at the house. Yeah, man. I, I, yeah, I remember you sending me a text message and like. You're like, I'm the worst ever. Like, I totally just missed. And I was like, I felt bad for you. I was like, part of me was like, well, at least you got a chance at one. Uh, And then the other part was like, man, that's, that is, that's rough. I'd rather not get a chance than to get a chance and like totally just jack it up. Like, I felt bad. And then you're like, man, there's, ah, I I didn't miss. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go look again. I was like. Okay, and then you sent me the picture, and I was like, "Yes, at least." Yeah, I was so pumped that I got it. Like that was one of the happiest deer I've had because I thought, I thought one, this dude was either like, "Deuces, you suck, I'm out, I'm gonna tell all my buddies," or two, like, bad shot, like, you know, like, under the spine, in that like back strap zone. So, and because I've 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 done that with archery before. So I did that, I want to say it was like 2017, where yeah. I shot a doe with my bow, not trying to rhyme, but I shot this doe, and I didn't do the the waist bend. I did the arm bend, mm. right? Yeah. And so when I, when I launched an arrow, I hit the doe, but I shot under the spine and high so it just punched through the back strap and that Ah. deer disappeared you know what i mean like it probably healed like it probably lived on it probably had a disgusting infection which is horrible right yeah but it was probably okay but that's what i was worried about i was like i've done it before and i don't want to do it again and that's what Mm -hmm. i was like man especially with like a buck and a tagging like a buck tag you know what I mean? I was like, man, am I punching my tag? Like, ethically, am I going to punch my tag on this deer? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a tough, that's a tough thing, man. Like, I, I feel bad. I, I didn't talk about it last time, but, like, I hit a squirrel on that squirrel hunt I was telling you about. Yeah, yeah. I know I, I, I missed him the first time whatever i suck i know but then like the second time i hit him and i watched him fall out of the tree and i was like sweet and i start walking over to get him and he gets up and runs into another tree and i'm like yeah i was start cussing myself i was so mad and i was like whatever i'm just gonna wait him out he'll come out he'll start barking at me again and i'll finish him off and then like i was there for like 15 20 minutes just waiting for the squirrel to come out and i'm like what is this dude doing like where is he at and uh i went over and i was like there's no way i missed twice like i definitely hit this dude on that second shot i watched him like get hit and fall out of the tree yeah and, yeah uh, and i i went over there and did the same thing i started like looking for blood i'm like oh here's a little bit of blood like i found blood and then I look, I'm looking in this tree and walk around it and there's a hole above a branch right there at the little, where the branch meets the, the trunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, he's in there. So I did my best. Like I got up as high as I could to try to look. And I was like, 
little homie's dying in there right now because I had a bad shot, and I feel I felt bad about. I still feel bad about that. Yeah, I, man. Yeah, it's it's. So it's what happens? What sucks too is it happens a lot with birds. So, assuming like COVID doesn't strike and cancel our January deal. Yeah. It especially with steel shot, man, and like as much as it costs, it's one of the things that makes me kind of want to go towards bismuth. But like, mm-hmm. I bought a flat of steel. But you'll hit you'll hit birds, man, and it's just they're moving, they're flying, you're doing whatever, and you'll cripple a bird. You're just like, yeah. Man, like you you go over and you grab it within like ten seconds and and you know kill it or whatever. You're still like, that sucks. Yeah. So you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, there like, was. A- yeah, I was watching um, the freelance duck hunting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, channel the other day, and he was saying that there was like a thirty percent like wounding rate. Like thirty percent of the ducks that hunters shoot at will get wounded, but then like never get recovered, or like you know killed and never get recovered. But he was like saying like, like they wounded and recovered. I was like ah, and I see like why you would want to have like the bismuth or something because like yeah and steel man when you hit them with steel good they crumple like i'm not anti-steel yeah. right but the problem is is especially if you and i'm guilty of it quite a few times too especially when you're newer um mm-hmm. and you can't judge that distance that's, that's what i'm most worried about that's one of the issues is um you go from shooting like lead all year. So even if you go out dove hunting, you're shooting doves with lead and you're shooting them with like a modified or a full or whatever the case is. Like I run mm-hmm. the same I run the same choke for all my bird hunting and small game hunting right now because I'm usually in open areas. So I'm using the Pattern Master Code Black Duck. I like it. It works well. But you go from shooting like that with lead number seven and a half and have this crazy density and all this extra kinetic energy and then you yeah. switch over to steel and with like with like doves one or one pellet will sometimes just crumple a dove like one pellet hits it in the in the head it crumples or mm-hmm. like you get two three pellets hit it in the chest cavity and it's dead as a doorknob when it hits the ground but then yeah. you go to then you go over to the ducks, and now you're using steel, which I think are like half as heavy density-wise as lead. Sounds and right. Yeah. And they so they lose their energy faster. So just because you can hit a duck at that distance doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to kill the duck. Or you're so used to such a super dense pattern, and then you go to the steel shot, which honestly you probably haven't tested right because you're like oh it's a shotgun i'm just gonna grab it and shoot it and then yeah. you end up having holes in your pattern or you do what i do and you tend to like i usually smoke doves and pigeons and stuff but then with ducks for some reason i tend to shoot behind them and you end up not hitting them properly and they, they hit the ground or whatever the case is like it happens all the time and it sucks but yeah if they weren't yeah, moving, the- man like you want to make an art? I'm not saying to go out and do it, but you want to make an argument for water swatting. I've never had a water swat swim away. So, <laughs> yeah, that, out of the out of the, the things that keep me up at night when, in regards to hunting, um, 
aside from like am i gonna actually be able to harvest something is like the duck thing like a duck coming in and me just like totally misjudging and then i you know i like hit him in his ass and he's like flies away and now he's out there flying and now he's gonna meet his death by some predatory animal that sneaks up on him while he's trying to heal yeah. or whatever and it's just it that's like one of the things that worries me and that's it's actually why i was leaning towards that um i don't know if you looked at that uh shell that i showed you yesterday it's got like out of all the shells that are in this or out of excuse me out of the pellets that are in the shell um i think it's like it's 15 yeah, it's like 25 percent is like bismuth yeah say again it's 15 percent okay so there you go like 15 percent of it's bismuth so i'm like you know like i i could use all the help i can get when it comes to like going out next month and trying to put some you know some ducks in the in the boat and whatnot so. yeah so man i used i use that the uh so heavy hammer i think has replaced the heavy heavy metal mm-hmm. which was which was what heavy so heavy shot has a bunch of stuff so like heavy shot has heavy shot where it's all their heavy shot in there and it's like you're paying like 40 bucks for 10 rounds or something ridiculous right yeah. like i'm sure i'm sure it's fantastic stuff like if if i could shoot it for free i would you know what i mean and then yeah. they came out with heavy metal which was similar to heavy hammer and it was like 70 30 so it was like 70 percent steel 30 percent bismuth okay or or heavy shot or whatever it was and the 70 30 might be off and now they're doing the heavy hammer but i never really had good luck with the the heavy shot or the heavy the heavy metal stuff. Like when I did some of those when I did the hunts with like special operations excursions, that's what mm-hmm. we, we used, we were sponsored with, and I killed a couple ducks with it. But I took some out on my own and the way the heavy shot the heavy metal worked was so if you had like number two heavy metal, the steel was number twos and the heavy shot was number fours. So it was two down. Okay. Uh, so I didn't have the greatest luck with it, and I, I don't think it's because it was a subpar product. Not that, like, heavy shots go to see this and get mad at me. But um, <laughs> it could have just been it could have just been the patterning in my gun. Yeah. But one of the things I think it is, too, is, like, everything I've read about bismuth is you need, a, you, need a, you need to shoot it tighter. So, like, steel doesn't compress, so you want to shoot, like, a mod. You don't want to shoot, like, full with steel. It's like shooting a turkey load, right? And it can damage mm-hmm. your gun, like. You could end up bulging your barrel and stuff. So, like, a modified is, like, the equivalent of a full. But the thing is with that bismuth, with the bismuth, is that you want to shoot a full because it needs to be con- it needs to be compressed more. So, like, if you go to, like, Boss, Boss's website or, like, Kent's bismuth or whatever, they say, hey, yeah. you want to shoot, like, you want to shoot a full. And it's almost the opposite of steel where, like, a full is going to be similar to, like, a modified. Mm-hmm. So... Part of me thinks that I'm shooting out a modified with steel shot. That 30% bismuth is probably just going all over the place because Everywhere. it's supposed to be in a full. Yeah, I don't have anything to prove it. It's just a gut feeling. Um, and I know dudes who swear by that stuff. Um, and I, I mean, I bought a box and it could have just been me missing. But I don't think I killed a single duck with 
the number I think I bought number three with the number three heavy uh, metal, and then I switched over to an all steel and I was dropping ducks. So yeah, yeah. I think that's I think that's what I got. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad product. I just don't think it worked well with my gun slash choke. Because like I said, I've killed, I've killed ducks with it when I was using a borrowed gun. But with my with my particular gun, not really a fan. So, whatever. So, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, man, you'll probably drop ducks all day with it. It could have just been me sucking with a shotgun you know what i mean so so it's whatever uh people swear by it yeah but i want to get the yeah for sure i want to get bismuth though because especially once i get this dog Mm -hmm. um so bismuth i don't know the numbers off the top of my head but bismuth is almost as dense as lead it's not as dense as lead so i think Lead's like a 12 on the scale, and bismuth is like a 10. Those numbers are probably off a little bit. But bismuth, you can shoot anything because it's non-toxic, right? So if I'm I'm going somewhere, and Pennsylvania has a ton of streams, and if I ever go out west, like if I'm going out like Kansas or – prairie potholes or something like that where there's a good chance of jumping ducks i want to have i want to have bismuth because if duck season's open and i'm trying to flush some pheasants and i go to a a pothole and some mallards get up i don't want to be like oh well i guess i gotta poach these which i wouldn't do or i'm gonna let them fly away so i think that's when bismuth is worth its weight is when you can be like, because a lot of man, not that I have a vast experience with pheasants, but a lot of pheasant spots are near water. Like they call them ditch chickens for a reason, right? So they're a lot of times they're in sloughs, they're on the side of canals and potholes and stuff like that. So there's a good chance you're going to jump ducks. Mm-hmm. So why not be able to shoot ducks if you if you can? Yeah, so, makes makes perfect sense. Yeah. Now, I've never jumped a duck. I've never jump shot a duck while I was out small game hunting. But I could. You know what I mean? There's so, always a chance. I'd rather, I, it's, yeah, I'd rather have it and have that ability for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm all about maximizing what I can hunt. That's one of the things that frustrates me about, again, I, I talk a lot of smack about hunting on post down here, but it gives me extra opportunity. But, like, I can't. If I'm signing out an area, I have to hunt that specific thing. Like, and it's it's to the point where it's like, are you hunting squirrel? Are you hunting dove? Are you really? hunting? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, you're like, I'm going to sign out this area for squirrel hunting. I can't shoot anything else. It's like you were saying earlier in Pennsylvania. Yeah. I can't shoot anything else. Like, I'm there to squirrel hunt. That's it are like i'm here for archery deer like or i'm here for gun deer and then they'll do um to where they'll switch it between like either sex or like buck only and then like this area is shotgun only this area is archery only so yeah but yeah they do the they do that they're like you're here you're hunting squirrels 
Whereas, uh, like, I like going, again, I like maximizing. So when I go public game land, I can just go small game hunt. And I'm, yeah. whatever I see, like, I can, I can harvest whatever I want and bring it home and eat it. So, I, I can it's just I can understand I can understand post being like you're going deer hunting. Okay, sure. So that way yeah. someone doesn't like try to cap a freaking deer with six shot because they were gonna like spook a rabbit and they ended up flushing a buck. Yeah. But for small game, it should be small game. Yeah, I agree. And again, there's this can't hunt turkeys past thirteen hundred, you know, like it's just there's weird rules. I can't hunt. Uh, I've, we've had this conversation before. I can't hunt turkey with, or excuse me, I can't hunt deer with buckshot. I have to use rifled. I have to use a slug. So it's like with my shotgun. It's just I don't know. Yeah. Weird. But it gives me an extra day because I go there on Sundays. On Sundays, right? Yeah. Area. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, at I'll least do. you don't have to be in the mafia there like you do here. So, oh yeah, that's, that is super weird. It is so weird, man. You gotta be uh, like jumped in to hunt APG, bro. If you're not like, you gotta sign up for like blood rights or sacrifice a child or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, somebody weird came up with that. Was like, we're gonna hunt our small group, and that's gonna be it, and we're gonna make these rules, and this is how you do it. And yeah, they dude. try to keep it as small as possible. Yeah, it's whatever. I'm gonna figure it out. But you ran into the uh, I'm gonna be a big bad bow hunter issue this week, right? Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, because my buddy. So I got a, I got one of the other guys uh, was like, hey, man, like, I, I want to go like on this public land. Like, I need to figure out this public land thing. And I was like, all right, we'll go. Um, you know, we're talking through all the regulations. He's like, I'm going to bring my bow anyway. So I'm like, you're going to bring your bow? I'm going to bring my bow. Like, yeah, yeah. it's gun season. Because, again, it's weird because, like, it'll say, um, like, all of North Carolina right now is open for gun season. But specific game lands will have specific rules. So, like, if you're hunting gun uh, either sex, so, you know, buck or doe, it's only open during this time. But if yeah. I'm, if I'm want to continue using my gun outside of that date range, then I have to hunt buck only. So, um, I was like, well, I want to give myself the largest chance of, again, I want to maximize my time, you know, give myself hopefully more, more to shoot at. Um, so decided to take my bow with me. So him and I went up there Friday morning, kind of went in blind, only, you know, what we saw on the map um, and decided to hunt this little section. Uh, got there, rate it, you know, dressed up and started walking, like rate it, rate it down, like pretty much yeah, yeah. legal life. And there's a, there's a small, or it's not really small, like an old logging trail uh, that we started walking in on. All the publics to our left, all the privates to our right. Um, okay. And we're walking, you know, kind of slow because we don't know what's going to be out there. Again, it's just started uh, legal light. So we're walking, you know, kind of slow. Um, and then we go come up a hill 
it's like this old cleared out area um so we just kind of wait there for a second just to make sure because it you know it's right at the top of the hill where we're cresting so then we you know like hey yeah like you know explain to them like i've seen you know areas like that in the past around here around this lake specifically where like you know right at dawn i see deer like traveling through those fields because there's usually it's in an area where it's pretty easy to travel there's usually a track going to it and from it so they usually like to use those little areas just while they're walking around mm-hmm. um didn't see anything kept walking on the trail there's this section if you could imagine just like a few acres that juts up into the private land that's like public so like a couple people own this then there's a small track and then just to the west of that, it's back to private again. So it's like the little this. public land peninsula? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, it's just like yeah. a little peninsula that juts up in. Um, and so we're, we're getting, we passed most of it, again, on this road. Um, and it's pretty decent areas that, you know, a little bit of a drop off in there for a draw because there's two ridges that go basically into the public or the private land on either side little uh you know like ridge fingers go off down in there and it's just basically kind of like a little draw um but then like we're walking and i see a brown flash off to my right and i just stop and i turn and i say hey you know he's like right next to me deer uh so then we stop and we're just looking and it's like a little atv kind of looking trail going off of this logging trail and we're sitting there for about five seconds and a little little squirrel uh, squirrel bounds across and he's like no it's a squirrel i'm like no there's a deer hold on a second two seconds later this deer comes out uh you know tell us a buck um and we just stood there uh and then you know i like bring my my binos up and i'm looking at him you know, and he was, he was nice. He's probably about 30, 40 yards away. Um, give or take, uh, again, I'm not very good at judging distances. Like that's yeah, why me it keeps either, me up at night thinking about the duck. Yeah. Um, but I was like, yeah, somewhere around 30, 40 yards enough that I had to get my binoculars out to count, you know, his, his antlers, how many, his points. Um, and you know, he's standing right next to me, like right over my shoulder and we're, I'm like, gawking at this deer this deer is looking at me trying to figure out what we're doing has no yeah, clue yeah. what we are and he's just looking at us and i'm looking at him and uh i think that lasted like 30 45 seconds we're just staring at each other yeah uh, and then he finally was like all right dude like i've had enough of this i don't know what you are but i don't like you so i'm leaving now so he just kind of like trotted away um and I was pretty bummed out because if I'd have had if I'd had my gun, I could have I could have harvested him. Um, and I kind of you know thinking about it for the rest of the day because then we didn't see anything else. We yeah, of course. I didn't see anything. We found a bunch of signs, some good areas that we want to go. We're gonna try to float our canoe down this little creek to get to the other side of it because um, we don't think anybody really goes over in that area. Um, and we found some other areas with some some good sign um but you know we didn't see anything else for the rest of the day so the whole day is like you know like what could i have done like should i have like 
seeing a deer and then maybe try to get on like the corner of like where those you know two little tracks met and like i could have hid myself with some trees like should i have like dropped down and like immediately and you know like it's all these things like replaying through my head what could i've done differently so i think having i just it was bad timing like i didn't have the right weapon for the situation yeah uh, and it just it it was kind of a bummer but at the same time it's like okay cool i didn't waste my time i know there's a nice deer here like i know there's deer here and we had seen three or four does as we were driving down the main road to get to our little parking spot you know like two minutes ago so we knew that they were up moving around um so that got me pretty excited uh, we walked around a little bit after that went back to the trucks had lunch moved to a different spot um walked around some more looking for a sign we like i said we found a bunch of good sign in some areas that we want to go like some little kind of a swampy really kind of like oak flat area where we don't think anybody goes because there's without either a waders b a boat or c just getting wet like there's no way to get across it on public land to go hunt you or or d you go on private land without saying anything or getting permission yeah. to go that way so like whatever i got a boat i can access it i can get there like not a big deal or canoe so we're planning on doing that uh, but then like that afternoon i went to a different we went to another area that looked really good again another ridge line excuse me you got the um uh cape fear river just to the west of this area and it's just one big ridge line that goes up and a bunch of little small fingers that come off of it with draws mm -hmm. in between that leads straight down to the river so we're like yeah that looks probably a good area so we walked up there i found another or i found a rub line which i think is a rub line it's not a very long rub line it's like three or four trees over like a hundred meters or two um yeah at least gives me an idea of like and one of them was is either a communal tree that everybody rubbed at yeah. or there's like a humongous Most. like monster bug yeah living in that area which i think it's a communal um because it was the only one like that but um so i ended up sitting off of that for a little while uh wait until dark to hit i didn't see anything saw a bunch of squirrels a bunch of few birds um and then so that was friday yesterday i went back out there um to me the wind seemed right it was cold it rained the day before um a bit of a cold front came through just temperature just plummeted and i was like maybe that's a good time to go like i don't know i'm still learning so i was like i'll, yeah. I'll give it a shot see what happens the wind was good to get in there it was like a north northwest wind so i could come in easy you know and not be blown to where i want to go um, i went there sat there for a few hours didn't see anything but again um it's like well you know i had a little bit of a timeline so i was like i sat there for about three hours and then i was like i'm gonna go look around and see if i even see sign like see what i can find right um and i again i, I found a rub line right I mean, a few trees in a general linear direction, right matched up with where we saw this dude at. So it was like, at, 
I imagine he's uses that trail regularly. I just got to get in there at the right time, you know, mm-hmm. figure that out. But I was listening to a podcast. Funny enough, uh, the public uh, public land hunting dudes. The public can't think. Why can I not think of the name? Um, the hunting public dudes. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, and Zach was on there talking with some guys the other day about a hunt that they did in southern Ohio, I want to say. And he's it's basically big timber, kind of like what we have down here, where it's just big, open, generally kind of flat with some small rolling hills to it. And this is what it sounded like from his description. But it's just like it's wide open, but there's like, well, they could be bedded anywhere like you know they're in the draws but it's like really hard to pattern them because of the way the foliage is and you know like the trails don't cut through like they do in a lot of the northern states where it's like you know my buddy was you know when we were out friday it's like i would expect to see you know a trail here and you just don't you kind of see a trail but you don't really see one and yeah you know they're they were saying like you know um where like he's like you know kind of described the same kind of rub line i found like it's spread out a little bit farther it's kind of hard to find but once you find it you kind of see it's on a linear path so he was like that kind of made me feel a little bit better about like okay like i'm kind of in the same area kind of the same thought process as those dudes so it kind of made me feel good so gotcha we'll see i got i was telling you the other day we got about three weeks left of uh, deer season down here, so I'll, I'll get out a few more times, especially with the way things are at work. I'll get out a few more times, and hopefully yeah. I get get something. Do you think if you had had an arrow knocked, you would have been able to get that deer? No, I thought about that a lot, too. Um, even if I would have had an arrow knocked, I would have had too much movement to, yeah. to get. And that's where... To, to even like bring it up to even drop back like as soon as i would have moved up he would have he would have bolted like bolted. that definitely would have been like a like for sure and that's why i was saying like i would have had to have had a gun to been able yeah, to yeah. bring it up to get a sight picture quick enough because what i think what i would have had to do um what would have helped me the most to even get close to a shot was moving into that little corner and just kind of or drop, like, you know, drop it into their prone like they teach you in the army, you know, like, or I'm sure all. Yeah, yeah, know, yeah, yeah. But, like, obviously, we're in the army, so that's what we revert to. But, um, like, uh, you know, drop it into their prone, and, like, maybe he just goes, like, yeah. whatever. It just, like, goes back to just nibbling on whatever he was eating while he was walking yeah, around. So. I got you. Uh, it, uh, yeah all day long as i thought about it like yeah I, it just kept coming back to like if i'd have my shotgun on me like you'd have been like out of yeah. yeah for sure so yeah you know yeah. it's one of those lessons you live you live and you learn and yeah you'll think about it till the next one man yeah um i will so you gonna be able to get out this weekend um I don't know about this weekend. It's a good chance I do. Uh, this past weekend, I didn't go out because I had the uh, the fly fishing instructor yeah, yeah, thing yeah. that I did. 
Um, and then this weekend, uh, I got some training tomorrow night, so I can't go tomorrow. Yeah, I gotta get my I gotta get my vehicle registered. That it it actually expired in July, but we got that COVID thing, and yeah, I've been yeah. trying to do it almost yeah. the entire time. Excuse me. Um, and I'm just now got all of our ducks in a row. Or actually, my wife was doing all the legwork on it, so she's finally dealt with those people enough to where they finally fixed it for us and got us what we needed and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have to go to the DMV Friday and get my vehicle registered. And my kids uh, have been watching Forged and Fire on TV a lot. So they want to actually like make their own knives. I actually yeah, yeah. have some hatchets, hatchets cut out for them. We just got to like okay, yeah. harden them and, and all that. And so okay, they want to yeah. do that this weekend. I'll probably try to get out and get some fishing maybe or some small game. I don't know. But next week... I got a couple of days of work, maybe at most. I'll, I'll definitely get out next week a yeah. couple of times, probably, and figure that out. And then the week after is Christmas. So there'll be nothing right week after that's Christmas, I think. So yeah. there'll be nothing going on. So there'll be a couple of days where I get out during that Christmas leading up to New Year's week, mm-hmm. week and a half. So I'll get out probably about three or four more times, I'd say, and then switch over to small game and duck. Yeah, man. So, so. Cool. so I'm hoping to get, I'm hoping that on Friday evening I can fill my doe tag. Okay. Which I'm very confident in that I will be able to on Friday evening, as long as the weather holds out. Yeah. And if, that, if that's the case, then Saturday I'm going to probably float a river for ducks. Nice. Or, or I really don't want to go to a lake blind with low duck numbers in the area so i don't think i'm gonna i don't think i'm just gonna go blind like if this would have been like a year or two ago based off the duck numbers we had then it would have been okay but talking to a guy up in that area is not seeing anything really right now and i don't i don't think that's because of a lack of ducks i think that's because of so many people are off of work because of covid that they're really hammering this lake and it's overly pressured. And so the ducks are going elsewhere. Dude, it's ridiculous how much pressure everything's getting yes. right now. Yes. I have, yep. I haven't caught a fish since I've been home. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been home yeah. since July. So July, August, September, October, November, five months I've been home. Uh, and I've been out. A handful of times and you've used every tactic i know yeah um, multiple lakes haven't caught a single fish and it's just yeah people are just, so just going I, out hammering it in my area in pennsylvania i have never not like fake never i have never ran into somebody else duck hunting in the two three years that i've duck hunted up there yeah this year, on the opening day of the early split, I went to three locations in the morning, and I left early. Like, the first spot I got to, I got there, I think, an hour and a half before legal light, which in Tennessee would have been way too late. But I've never ran into anyone ever, so I was like, yeah. this is plenty of time. Then I went to the next place, and there was, like, five boats. 
And so I went to the next place and I finally got somewhere. So I think they're just being wow. so heavily pressured because people have nothing else to do. Yeah. So if they're pressuring the lakes, I'll drift the rivers and I'll jump shoot them. Yeah. So that's the plan, man. I need to get some in the freezer for this dog. For this dog. Oh, like it, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's not even like I need the meat or want to want the meat. It's yeah. honestly right now I'm, I don't even want – like, I'll shoot mallards all day. I'm not going to lie. But I would be actually more pumped if I shot a bunch of buffle heads and, like, mergansers because I'd have no issues not eating them and freezing them whole for the, for the dog really? for training aids. Yeah, because tra- you, need, you, need yeah. you need whole birds to train, and, like, mergansers and some of these other ones aren't, like, high-quality table fare. Okay. I don't want to freeze, like, a whole mallard and not eat a mallard. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. honestly, like mallard, black duck, wood duck. That's I would rather eat that than deer. So I don't want to like not process one. So makes sense. Yeah, makes yeah. sense. But I mean, I'll text you if I get anything, of course. And then yeah, for sure. Yeah, there. I mean, yeah, I'll I'll text you if I get out this weekend. Who knows? I mean, things will change. I got two whole days, and my boys could be over it in a half a day and be like. Meh, whatever. And I, you know, yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. Because I got, I got another area I'm posted. I saw a couple buck at, uh, I know there's deer in there, and I don't think there's a lot of hunting pressure in that area specifically. So, right. Uh, we'll see. Go walk around so far. Yeah. Cool, man. So then we'll see what happens. We'll go from there. Hell yeah. Awesome. Let's see. All right, well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, If you did, let me know. If you didn't, let me know. Um, Again, please make sure to join a conservation group, whether that's Rough Grass Society, Delta Waterfowl, um, Pheasants Forever, whatever the case is. Uh, They do a lot of good work and help with the public lands and the quarry that we chase. So, again, thank you, and have a great day.